going to be talking about something brand new today here on Podcast Me Anything. We are delighted to be bringing on Brian Barletta. He's the founder of Sounds Profitable. This is going to be a newsletter and a podcast all about ad tech in the space. In fact, you're going to find it in Pod News, one of our favorite resources for the podcasting space. By the time you hear this, it should already be in there. But if you want to, make sure you don't miss it. Make sure you check it out. Go to soundsprofitable.com. We're going to learn all about it. Brian Barletta, thank you so much for joining us here on Podcast Me Anything. Thanks for having me. Let's back up for one second. Why is podcasting ad tech of interest to you? Like, what What is it that this is what gets you off in the morning? You know, that's it's- a terrible <laughs> phrasing, by the way. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna delete that, but I'm just gonna state it. That was terrible phrasing. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't know. I think I spent a lot of time really enjoying the mobile application space. That's where I kind of got into all this. Uh, I was in college. I was downloading apps, doing app reviews, starting review websites for Android apps and iPhone apps, and I wanted to do that full time. I wanted to work with these people, and people don't want to pay you to write about you know how cool an app is. So they kind of keyed in on the fact that I had a great experience working with developers and talking to them. And an advertising company called Media Let's picked me up and just asked me to like help out with developer relations. And as I dug into it more, what I realized is about all the spaces that some of the coolest innovations and things that are out there are driven by advertising. I think there's a lot of frustration from people about privacy and advertising. And there's a lot of struggles from people in the space about how difficult it can be to hit client expectations or the tools. And I just found such a passion and enjoyment for reading a new specification, getting a new tag, figuring out how it works. And somewhere about six years ago, when I started working with the team at Barometric, we pivoted over from just standard attribution into podcast-specific attribution. And then I worked with Megaphone for a bit and what I realized is that audio is so cool because there's such a limit to what there is that you can use for targeting, but they're doing so many amazing things. It truly excites me. It's such a nerdy, goofy thing to be excited about, but there's something cool about how you facilitate all these giant companies interacting with each other and how you get small or medium or large publishers paid to be involved in it. So what is this new sounds profitable project, the ad tech work that you're going to be doing, newsletter, podcast with Pod News. James Cridlin has been a great friend and mentor as I've evaluated how to grow all of this. My focus with uh, Sounds Profitable is to create a space for the people working in the industry and in the ad tech space for podcasting specifically to talk about and hear about what's going on. I think when I read Pod News, when I read Hot Pod and all these other newsletters, they're talking about the space, what show signed where. But if I work at a specific publisher and I'm using the Pod Sites platform on Art19, then you know some of these things don't appeal to me. I'm not super interested necessarily on who new signed to Spotify, but I am interested to hear about what the new feature that Chartable launches and how it really granularly works or what the new forecasting opportunity is from Wooshka and all these different cool approaches to the tools and the space that I'm directly in. I wanted to make sure that I could talk to that and provide a space for those people. We'll see that coming up in pod news or if when you're listening to this, you might have already seen it in pod news. And again, for now, learn more, head to soundsprofitable.com. Originally, we connected over ad tech a little bit, and there's something that you brought up that I wanted to tap into real quickly, which is all about this issue of privacy. 
right? You know, there's been a lot going on with GDPR, the California rules about privacy. And I've done a couple of interviews on podcasting attribution. And a few folks have said like, that's cool and all, but they're, you know, violating privacy rules. So what really is the standard for podcast privacy as far as the listener side and what are companies doing to work within that framework legitimately? Yeah, actually, I have that as a note to dig into in a new article coming up soon. It's definitely a priority for me. But the the short of it is, is that the further away you get from the player that's on your listener's device, the less information we get to really safeguard them. If you think about it, if you use Overcast and you choose to opt out through their service, right? They have no way to pass that information on to the podcast host or to the publisher of that podcast or to the tracking partner. There's no standard for that. I, as a user, want to opt out. I would have to go to Overcast. I would have to probably go to Pod Save America or Crooked Media and, and then Cadence 13, which is the network they're part of. And then I would even have to go to the host, Megaphone, and I would have to opt out of all of those. And further, because podcasting only gets IP and user agent, I would have to make sure that I'm on my home Wi-Fi IP address as I opt out of each of these for it to even remotely stick. And so I think that privacy and podcasting isn't concerning as it is in other spaces. I think that IP address has a little bit more breathing room about your household and some people might dislike, but I think it's a step back from like, I want to target Matthew specifically. But I think that the whole system for how to actually opt out and guarantee your privacy in podcasting right now is broken. And there needs to be a lot more accountability on the apps to pass that information, create a standard and, and be held accountable. So because it's so complicated for me as the listener to opt out at all those steps, right? The publisher, the the tracking partner, the network itself, the hosting company, the app that I'm using, does that mean that podcasts are not really in compliance with the rules on privacy or is it okay? Like, do you think that there's a problem? Should podcasters be a little nervous about this right now? I think that each individual piece is compliant. Right. Like if I have my own podcast and I host it on Captivate and I, I have the, the opt out through Captivate, when you go to my show notes, you can probably opt out of that information. That means that for me and what I'm doing right there, I should be secure. Right. But if you're not going to read my show notes and click to opt out and you go to the app, the app on their own side is opting you out and they're, they believe that they're secure. And so it's the transition between each of them. I think that each section of this, right? The the publisher, the host, the uh, player, the tracker are all these islands right now that should and can transfer this data and create these combined opt-out pools. But they're in 100% compliance. But this compliance wasn't written for an IP-only world. It was written for cookies and IDFAs and way more granular tracking than we can offer right now in podcasting. The article that we were talking about today, you wrote this piece about geolocation, misses the mark in podcast targeting. Uh, it's on Medium. We'll have a link to it in the show notes. So what is missing with geo-targeting in podcasting? I mean, one, I am fascinated by the space of geo-targeting. Anybody who knows me knows I've been dabbling in the space for a little while. I'm just fascinated by the fact that I think that's the next frontier of big podcasting, right? Like, for now, you want to listen to a show, you find it on Apple, Google, right? all of these places. 
it, it's a national focus because everybody can and, and does tap into it. But I think this is where the next wave of innovation is coming from. So what's happening right now with geolocation in terms of targeting on the ad side and and what are they missing? What are, what are we not getting right there? The article was really fun because I wanted to make it a hands-on experience. I was talking to a friend who is a science teacher and it was a really cool idea to walk through and create like a lab. And so if you go through the article, which will also be hosted on Pod News by the time this is live, it will have the ability for you to click on these links and go to MaxMind, one of the leaders in IP lookup, and kind of play along at home. What you're going to see is that IP address, when you're on a cellular connection, this is my favorite statistic, 48% of the time, it can be accurate down to a city. 50% of the time, it is incorrectly resolved, and 2% it's unresolved. That means you got less than a coin flip's chance of getting the right information, and you have exactly 50% of a shot of getting the wrong information. Why is it, like, with the cellular towers, why would it be possible to not even be in the right city or I guess the right market, so to speak. I, I think on the cellular part, I'm not the best to answer how they connect to the different towers. But, you know, if you actually, here's a great example. I'm sure you can edit this to make it flow a little bit more. But if you drop your cellular connection or your Wi-Fi connection on your phone right now, go to the link that was in the article, you'll be able to see, or you'll be able to look up your your distance, right? And when I look that up in my article, one of the things that I saw is that my cellular connection, when it was IPv4, when there's IPv4 and 6, they're just two different values. IPv4 put me 148 miles away in Houston. I live barely north of Boston. And then IPv6 put me 75 miles away in San Antonio. And that's because that's where the cellular towers that I'm connecting to or the relays that they're going through are all centralized. That's a big distance. And it was shocking to see that the distance radius for home connections, so the, your home internet address that cannot move because you don't bring your house with you, you don't bring your broadband modem anywhere, it has an accuracy acceptance radius of 10 kilometers. Mine showed up at one kilometer and there were almost 1,500 people in that one kilometer area from where I live. Which is still better, but because podcast consumption is so mobile, right? We do it in the car. We do it commuting. If you know we ever go back to doing that kind of stuff again, we, you know we do it in transit and commuting and all these other things. So right, like if you wanted to geo-target ads, right, and say I only want to hit people in the Houston market, right? Maybe it's first aid, right? The Red Cross is saying, hey, have you been impacted by the hurricane? Right, and they don't want that ad to go to Dallas because they weren't impacted, but Houston was. So this is the ad for them. They can't really do it effectively or they'll just hit a huge net. So they can. And this is really a cool thing about podcasting. Matt, tell me how many podcasts do you listen to that you're not subscribed to in a given week or month? Like what percent really? Truthfully, zero. I, my personal consumption is low because I work on podcasts all day. So it's mostly, you know, the few that I love, I subscribe to, and, and that's all I listen to right now. The the way adoption happens with podcasts is people find something new, they listen to it that one time, and maybe they subscribe or maybe they stop listening. But few people are actively going in there and hitting play and streaming. So when those new episodes come out, it matters where they're connected. So if 
we're most of us are asleep overnight and most podcast apps are downloading in the background, syncing to our watch, all these different things while they're connected to the power support uh, supply. I think on Android, I'm not sure exactly, but I definitely know on iPhone, it is very difficult to completely remove your Wi-Fi connection. You have to double click or double tap the action. By default, when you disconnect from Wi-Fi, it says we'll set it back up in 24 hours. So if you go to sleep and you plug in, you're connected to Wi-Fi, your podcast app is downloading in the background. So if you live in Houston and you want that relief aid or like they want to target you for that relief aid, they're going to get you on the download And it doesn't matter if you listen to it at 3 p.m. when you're walking out for a coffee. So the big piece is then that new show discovery, that first time I'm scrolling through the store, I find something new while I'm, you know, taking the train or driving in the car. Shouldn't be scrolling the store while you're driving the car, but you know what I mean. And so you go to stream that episode for the first time. That's where the inaccuracy comes from. Yeah, I truly think that we need to move away from putting value on cellular IP address. I think that it's so wide of what it can identify that we just need to accept people are downloading podcasts automatically. We need to get better statistics on that, right? These partners out there, the hosts need to provide information of what percent are cellular requests versus what percent are our home Wi-Fi. They can even identify business requests too and filter those out all out. But I would be shocked if household Downloads are not the highest action from any uh, for any host. And if you just acknowledge that you can't really geotarget those users on cellular, at least with more than a country accuracy, I think you can really do some great things. Why is it that other forms of media seem to not have as much of a problem with this, right? Like I go to YouTube and on my computer, on my phone, it says, Tell us where your location is, right? Like share your location and I do. Or, you know, certain newspaper websites or, or apps that I go into, it, it asks if it can use my location. Why do you think that we don't do that in podcasting? Uh, so we do. Okay, so this is a really great uh, point. Your podcast listening app can ask for your location if it has a valid reason to, but your podcast listening app has nothing back to the host where you provide your podcast, where you dynamically insert ads, where you do all of that. So Spotify knows all this. They have a valid reason to ask for your location. Your app shares that information. And that's why when you think about advertising in a podcast app like Spotify, it's not podcast advertising. It is an app-based advertising, just like the digital app space is. The content just happens to be podcasts and music. And so that's that's a bigger thing where I don't think we're ever going to be able to push for these apps to start passing more data. In fact, I kind of see the writing on the wall that they're going to start passing less data in the future. That's why there's such an appeal for the things that Spotify is doing. When Spotify takes the Joe Rogan show and makes it exclusive and you can only access it in their app, the level of targeting that they can do in the Joe Rogan show goes from being a podcast ad targeting to being on par with Facebook and Google, what you can do in a closed ecosystem. Spotify knows all of your login information, right? You have to create an account. They know, so that means they know your address. They got your billing information. They know your name, your gender, everything about you. They have a profile based on your actions. So now they can build this and they can target an ad and that says, Brian, you listen to a ton of Dungeons and Dragons podcasts, so here's another one for you. And Matt, you can be sitting right next to me, and we could be on cellular, and it doesn't matter because that's not a podcast ad. It's an app ad. 
do you think then that this publishers who are thinking about this, who want to be more targeted or who want to give more specific information to the advertisers and the brands that are supporting them. Do you think then this push to Spotify is going to change the game or do you think that there is still a place and a appetite for the open platforms of the apples and the overcast and the Google podcasts of the world right now? So I think that Spotify is going to be where the industry goes for things like programmatic and announcer red. I think that's where we're going to see an explosion. It's going to be a competitive advertising landscape on par with Facebook and Google for what they do there as podcast continues to grow. But for a host red, it adds no value, right? Unless there are so many different host red ads available for you that you're targeting with that granularity, I don't think it's going to move the needle very much. So if a podcast is looking to do better host read ads, I think the bigger thing is to stop focusing on who the specific user is at that exact moment downloading the podcast and maybe start profiling your app, right? Maybe say that you get a lot of downloads from Texas. Maybe say that you get a lot of male audience that listens to your podcast. You have additional demographic information that says people who buy cars are interested in your podcast higher than the average. And having that and focusing on your specific episode versus on each individual user, I think is where the success is going to be. Unless you're Joe Rogan and you're trying to get Progressive Auto or a bigger advertiser to go on your show. Now I get it. You really do nerd out about this stuff. You love it. You're so, you know, we did record this with video and we probably won't share it, but you can see the excitement and the enthusiasm in your face and your voice as you're talking about it. It's not just, it's not just data to you. There's a real passion behind it. And so I think, and hopefully I'm right that we'll be doing this a lot more because I think you have a great insight and I think this is an important piece of where the space is going. And so I'd love to bring you back and talk more about ad tech and talk more about what this means for the publishers and what this means for the brands that are supporting podcasters. If that's okay, then yeah, we're going to bring you back in the meantime, like we said in the beginning, head to soundsprofitable.com. You'll see a link to the newsletter feature that Brian's going to be doing with pod news, as well as a podcast accompanying that content. And as well, just to play, to check out some of his work. You can also, he has some really good stuff on Medium. Brian Barletta will post a link to the article and to his profile there so you can easily track that stuff down. Brian, this has been awesome and I cannot wait to do it again. Thanks for joining us here on Podcast Me Anything. Yeah, thanks for having me.